joining us now, extremely excited for our next guest. His name is Tom Van Heron. He's ESPN.com college football writer. You can find him on Twitter at TomVH. He joins us via the Guild Mortgage mobile hotline. Tom, thanks for taking some time for us here in Portland. Uh, I know you focus a lot on recruiting and the work that you do for ESPN. So I wanted to start with a quick one that was out here, uh, kind of a big news for Duck fans, where it looked like they lost out on a four-star wide receiver, Theo Howard. Uh Kind of how big of a blow was that for Oregon, and, and where is he leaning to go now? Yeah, you know, anytime you lose a top player like that, I think it's a you know it's a big deal, and it, it's it's kind of become uh, I, I guess it's it's interesting to look at not just Theo's situation, but you look at across the board, a lot of guys are, are decommitting now. They're making earlier and earlier commitments in the process. Some of these guys are getting offers as eighth graders and freshmen in high school before they even know what to do with an offer. And now we're seeing a lot of decommitments like this. Uh, I know UCLA has been uh, a school mentioned with Theo Howard. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. You lose a guy like that. It, a lot of times what I tend to look at, too, is on-field production, how that could hurt them. But you look at Theo Howard, a lot of these guys now with social media, uh, with the Internet, they talk to other prospects. And so mm-hmm. Oregon is losing a guy that could help recruit other prospects in this class as well. So interesting for him to decommit. I think it was a little bit surprising uh, for some people watching and, and following along. So we'll see where he ends up, but uh, I do think that's a pretty big loss for Oregon in the end. Well, Tom, I've seen a, a bunch of college coaches asked about this process of the recruiting periods and when kids can officially sign. And a lot of coaches feel there should be two periods just because some kids, when they're committed, they want to sign, they want to get it done. And instead they got to wait around and there might be a coach or a program out there that tries to poach him away. Do you think with the, the the flux of these kids dropping their commitments as often as they have lately, is there a chance you see a switch in the commitment process in terms of when they can sign? I, I do think so, but I, I think the, the main problem that we're seeing with this, I, I think there's a couple different viewpoints, especially from coaches. Les Miles was a coach that came out and said he, he wasn't sure he was in support of an early signing period because then – if you change that aspect of it, if you allow prospects to commit earlier in the year, give them the option to commit earlier, then I think the natural progression from there is people are going to want to change other aspects of the recruiting calendar, more more specifically official visits and when those can happen. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been saying they want to see official visits happen earlier, maybe in June before a prospect senior season. Right now a, a recruit can only take an official visit, which is paid for by the university, uh, the, at the beginning of their senior season. So if you were to have an, uh, an early signing period, essentially you're, you're removing a lot of official visits for these prospects if they do decide to sign during the early signing period. You're not allowing them to take full advantage of the process. And what Les Miles was saying is the process and the recruiting calendar already is really, really full for these coaches. You know, recruiting is becoming a year-round thing for these guys, and they're not getting a lot of breaks. And we've seen a lot of college coaches go to the NFL uh, because of the grind that, that happens with recruiting now. So I think his main concern was if you change one aspect, a lot of other things might change, and then it's going to impact coaches and their schedule, and they're, they're not going to get any time off. They're going to get no break from any of this, and, and we're already seeing that start to wear down on some of these guys already. Tom Van Heron is our guest. You can find him on Twitter at TomVH, ESPN.com, college football writer. You know, Tom, we did a segment yesterday. Uh, there was a piece written in Rolling Stone that kind of posed the question, is this the end of Oregon's run? Uh, now that Chip Kelly, a lot of his guys have moved on to the NFL. Marcus Mariota, Heisman Trophy winner, he's moved on. And there's still question marks about what Mark Helfrich can accomplish as a head coach without those two guys helping him out. And 
I'm curious to somebody when when you look at the recruiting classes that they brought in the last couple of years, when you look at the recruiting classes that they're 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 potentially bringing in the next couple of years, do you think that's a plausible scenario that maybe Oregon takes a step back as a program? Yeah, that's such that's such a great question, and I I think they're my main answer in terms of looking at what they've been able to do with recruiting. I think it might take a small step back in the short term, but some of these prospects that they've landed, I think they have a chance to to continue to progress. And obviously with Oregon and any program, the quarterback position is a huge, huge part of that. And so this upcoming season, I think it's going to be a big factor in where they, if they do take a little bit of a step back or if they continue to push forward. And obviously with the battle that's going to take place now with Vernon Adams in place, uh, we'll see what happens. But, you know, you, you look at some of the prospects that they've landed. The 2016 class, if we're looking at quarterbacks especially, they've got Seth Green, an ESPN 300 guy who was from Minnesota, and he's in Texas now. Uh, but I, I look to that as those guys are the leaders of these classes and, and potential leaders uh, in the future. And, and they're starting to bring in some of these better guys, uh, some of the ESPN 300 quarterbacks. Uh, Travis Johnson, previously Travis Waller in the 2015 class, he's another guy that we look for. And then you you try to look at some of the main position groups as well, offensive and defensive line. And there was a guy that when we were out at the Under Armour All-America game, every one of us was just turning our heads and just talking about Candon Kamatule. The guy is an absolute monster and was out just dominating in practice. And that guy stood out to us as just an absolute athletic freak. If they can keep bringing those types of guys in, especially at defensive end, along the defensive line, along the offensive line, I think they'll be just fine. Uh, I think this upcoming season – how they perform on the field is going to say a lot to recruits, and then that'll impact recruits on their decisions if they want to continue to keep going to Oregon and, and continue that that progression forward. Well, speaking of Oregon, their opponent, September 12th, Michigan State, they're going through a ton of stuff too, and expectations are pretty high, I think, within that program, even though some people think it's going to be Ohio State breezing through the Big Ten once again. Uh, but looking at, at what they have, and Mark D'Antonio last year comes to Eugene, they're dominant in the first half, and they get absolutely blown out in the second. You think it's an advantage for him seeing Oregon at least one time going against the Ducks once again? Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely do. And I think Mark D'Antonio is probably one of those coaches who doesn't get enough credit for the actual coaching that he does and his staff does and the preparation that they do. So to be able to go against a, a team like Oregon, even though it's probably going to be a different product this year without a guy like Marcus Mariota back there at quarterback, I, I think it does give them an advantage. It's at Michigan State. It's at night. It's going to be on ABC. It's going to be a huge game for Michigan State wanting to push that program forward, wanting to move ahead in the national championship, the, or the playoff conversation, and push themselves into that conversation throughout the season, I think that's probably the biggest step for them. And, and, and all eyes are on them for that game to see how they can mm-hmm. perform and, and to see if they can take it home at home under the light. Yeah, ESPN.com, college football writer Tom Van Heron is our guest. Let's stick in, in the Big Ten because you look at that conference last year and it really felt like it was a one-horse race. Uh, I, I know Michigan State had a good year, but the way Ohio State finished, it kind of seemingly at the end of the season, it was them, and they were going to go on a, a run, it seemed to me, in the Big Ten for a number of years. But a couple of coaching changes in the conference, one here locally, Mike Riley leaves Oregon State, goes to Nebraska, and then we all know Jim Harbaugh now at, at Michigan. What kind of impact are you expecting from those two coaches in their first year, both on the field and, and on the recruiting trail? 
Yeah, there there are two kind of, there are two different uh, scenarios, <laughs> I guess. You know, you, you look at you you look at what each coach walked into, and, and and Riley at Nebraska, it was so interesting because they they weren't really coming off of poor seasons necessarily in the grand scheme of things, and so. Uh, it, it was just other circumstances that led to a coaching change. And, and a lot of people speak highly of Mike Riley and, and a lot of people speak highly of his staff as well. And I think so far what they've been able to do, uh, especially recruiting wise, I, I think they, they've been able to come in and, and kind of assimilate themselves to the program, the history, uh, everything that, that Nebraska wants. The, the fans want a guy who gets it, a guy who, you know, you know, kind of embraces the the Nebraska tradition. I think that's really important, and I think they've done that. Um, th- this class right now that we're in, the 2016 class, you know, I- I've been a little bit surprised, to be honest with you. I-, I think they've done a lot better than I expected them to. We have them ranked number 22 overall right now, um, and they've got some really good pieces. We talked about quarterback a lot already. They have a guy out of Oklahoma, an ESPN 300 quarterback named Terry Wilson, who I think could be a really good quarterback for them in the future, a guy that will stand out. Uh, in the class overall, they've got four ESPN 300 commits. So I think they're they're doing really well in terms of, you know, this is their first season with the program. They haven't really showed a lot yet. Um, convincing prospects from all over to, to, to come in and join what they're about. And then you look at Michigan with Jim Harbaugh, uh, and it's just been a, it's been a whirlwind, the tornado of, of publicity and, <laughs> everything that he's brought in, it, it, it's, it, it seems like a mess from the outside, but when you really look at him and who he is, it all seems very calculated, to be honest. And everything that he's done is kind of stacked on top of the other to create this perfect storm for them heading into the season. And now heading into camp, they said they're in a, they're in a submarine. They're, they're going to go underneath, underground, and they haven't talked to anyone in the media, and they haven't given access to anybody, and they're in their own little submarine underground where they're going to go. <laughs> Uh, and focus on football, but uh, Jim Harbaugh, I, I think the you know the main question with him, everybody everybody says when is he going to turn Michigan around, not if he's going to turn Michigan around, uh, and I think that's really important. I think he's probably the guy to do that in this class for Michigan already. Uh, in this recruiting class for them is showing, you know, I always say recruits are a good barometer of where a program's at. They they'll show you how people really feel or what a program really looks like and these prospects are jumping on board without seeing him coaching it down at Michigan. You think the Big Ten surprises a bunch of people? Because I think if you looked at the Power Five, it'd probably be the ACC and the Big Ten at probably the bottom in terms of how people view the conference and their strengths. But you think about Ohio State and Michigan State and you just mentioned Michigan and Harbaugh and Nebraska. Do you think the Big Ten can surprise a lot of people this year? Yeah, I do. You know, Wisconsin is another good program. They've got uh, got some issues at quarterback, but you know, Paul Chris gets it at Wisconsin. I think he'll he'll be okay there, whether it's it's this season or the the next few seasons once they get quarter, the quarterback position figured out. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a really good season. I think like we like we mentioned, Nebraska is probably a team that can get things rolling soon. It, you know, Maryland too is another interesting program with Randy Etzel. Uh, they they didn't have a lot. They haven't had a ton of really good success yet, but I think they they set a good foundation for the future. They they landed. A quarterback in this class too. I keep mentioning mentioning recruiting, but for a lot of these newer guys, I think that's going to be important for their futures. Uh, they they landed Dwayne Haskins, one of the top quarterbacks in the country. He's actually the number two ranked quarterback for us. Uh, they kept him home out of Maryland, and, and that that could be a future face of the program for them. A guy that's going to be 
a superstar for them at quarterback, someone that, they, that Randy Etzel really hasn't had, someone that can really lead that program. So, yeah, you know, you look at Penn State's resurgence, they're, they're going to be back this year with a more experienced offensive line. I think they're going to surprise some people as well. Overall, this, you know, you look at from top to bottom, I think there are some teams that maybe people are, are, are undervaluing in terms of what they can do this year on the field. Yeah, there you have it. Tom Van Heron, he's ESPN.com college football writer. You can find him on Twitter at TomVH. Tom, thanks so much for taking a few minutes for us here in Portland. We're, we're pumped for the college football season to get started. I'm sure you are as well. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. All right, thanks, Tom. We appreciate it.